when you have a point of view that's exercised regularly, fans connect with that. This is how they get deeper with, with you. So people who are able to share a point of view, that's not the only thing that matters, but those artists tend to make pretty strong connections with the fans who do connect. It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm gonna share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're gonna show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, so I'm excited to be here today with Sean Brandman-Taylor, who is a music branding and marketing expert. He's written three books on the music industry uh, all about mastering your branding. And his book, Master Music Branding, is considered the expert guide to an artist's image. And uh, specifically today, you know, Believe it or not, I think it would be really valuable to focus on the topic of music branding because you know, as a, as an artist, especially nowadays, there's there's so much content, there's so much music, there's so many things online, and, and I think one big question we're all asking is like, how do we kind of cut through the noise and how do we really present ourselves in the best possible way? So I'm excited to have Sean on here to be able to talk about this. So Sean, thanks so much for taking the time to be here today. No problem, man. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So to start out with, I'd love to hear just a little bit about your story and kind of how you got started. I, I didn't plan to be in the music industry. I never saw it as a place that, you know, you could work full time, make money from. It just never really dawned on me that, that way. For whatever reason, I always loved music, but it was just like a passion and that it just was what it was. And then one day I started helping some of my friends out who were this collective of artists and DJs and and food curators and everything was just this really, really artsy way of presenting uh, whatever they did, right? Like the food was done, you would have thought they were an artist. People thought that they, one of the, 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 the grilled cheese maker was a, a rapper, the guy who made these juices, he came off as this anime character. It was this really creative bunch. And in trying to help them get attention for themselves, I started to find myself really heavy in events. Obviously, uh, multiple of them were artists and DJs. So I'm in some sense, I wouldn't say managing them, but definitely advising and, and providing counseling when necessary. And then 100% uh, making promotions happen, strategizing the entire campaigns for that. And it was really, you know, small events here, parties and things like that. And then one day I came up with a platform called Adventure ATL. Adventure Time ATL is the first name, changed it just to be further away from the TV show, became Adventure ATL Fest. And that whole idea was this massive event. We rented out in school and every single room felt like its own different environment, whereas it felt outdoors in one room. It was a high level, a, what do you call it? Art gallery in another room. You go in the basement, it's a rave going on. It's a glow party in a, another space. It was a really immersive event. And that it just kind of took off, right? But I originally came up with it because it was like, hey, it's your turn to do something. And it was like, well, I'm not an artist, right? So what can I do to just give you guys a platform? And as that began to take off and like word of mouth, more and more people wanted me to do it again. I didn't plan on doing it again. That grew. And as people really realized that I was like the mastermind behind all of it, they, all of the artists started to, asked me for advice. And from there, 
I was, I just got to a point where I was like, Hey man, there's so many questions coming in. Why don't I just put them on a YouTube video and then send them the link for when I get these similar questions. And from there, it just became, well, man, I kind of like this. Let me give this a year's worth of time and see how it turned, what happens. And I gave it a year's worth of time. I ended up with like 23,000 followers. And after that year, and I was like, well, I guess it's, it's worth doing. But to be real, at first, it was just this one guy. There were a lot of people who gave me good feedback on some, some videos here and there, but there was this one guy who was just like, yo, man, I'm sharing this on Reddit. It's a great video. And for a while, I was just making it for him. Like, cause he, he was like encouraging me on and on. He was like the one guy that I didn't know, right? There are other people, but I didn't know this guy, so which I thought was cool. And all of my stuff were, was pretty brand focused. So when you ask where brand man came from, it came out of thin air because I was Sean Taylor. That was the YouTube channel. All right. I'm talking about all this artist branding stuff just because that's my interest. I really plan to talk deeper into psychology and so many other aspects of things, but kind of just got, I wouldn't say pigeonholed because I did it to myself, but it was so much traction in that part alone, which I enjoyed naturally that it started to become a thing. And I was like, man, I can't talk this much about branding without branding myself at all. And Brand Man was what I came up with. I don't even remember how I came up with Brand Man, but, you know, it's not that creative, right? It's not that far. <laughs> I like it. Rock, that, the, that's how the, the Brand Man was born. Awesome. That, that's it. You know? And uh, yeah, shout out shout out to that, that one person. You know, I think that every successful artist or every successful you know person who has built a following i think has started with that that person right that suit that one person yeah. who's just all about it he just believes in so much really tries. so shout out to that yeah. person what was that what was their name kayola kayola um, yeah yep. i never forget so, that man kayola <laughs> <laughs> yep. shout out shout out to kayola i've got yeah. uh, someone like that uh don semzi who just comes to mind like instantly because <laughs> same thing you know you, yeah. and i think that's so so powerful especially at the beginning like and it's a good lesson for everyone that's listening or watching this right now is like as a musician if you're just starting out and you haven't built an audience yet you know it's just one one at a time and when you just have like a few people doesn't mean that you're not successful yet it just means that you've really focused on showing up and you know doing your best yeah. and really thinking about that that person who is all about it and the rest will follow so you know now having having fully assumed the identity of the brand man and being being uh, born as the brand man i know that you've connected with, with a lot of a lot of artists who have asked you a ton of questions around this specific topic of of branding and how do we stand out and how do we like really find our niche and so I'm sure that you start to see a lot of patterns, a lot of like similar questions, common challenges, common mistakes that are coming up. So when it comes yeah. to like artist branding, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges or mistakes that you see artists making? All right, so I'll break it down a few different ways. Number one is understanding that branding is not just a visual phenomenon, all right? Mm -hmm. uh, and most people think branding and they just go straight to what they look like, that expression. And that's only one part of the brand DNA. I remember an artist, she's pretty successful in her own right, but this is like artists, like not art, not, you know, art, like drawing and stuff. And she told our mutual friend that I needed to brand myself better earlier on. He's like, he's the brand man. What is he doing? But I knew Right. The most important thing for my particular platform was the information. Right. 
Like I didn't need to have high quality video. I didn't need to have like high quality mics. It was like the, the information for the right people that would, if anything, it would filter out the wrong people early on. And that's what I needed. Like, let alone the fact that I wasn't like a, a wizard with those things. I probably would have did it anyway, if I was a wizard with those things, but like just knowing right, that there's more to it than that helps vastly. And also understanding that it's contextual. So what a lot of artists will oftentimes find themselves thinking of as separators aren't necessarily separators because they're looking the wrong directions in the wrong context. For instance, if I'm the guy who says, oh man, I want to be different, I'm going to give myself colorful hair, right? Well, contextually, if you're at your corporate job, yes, you're different. But then if you're a rapper, especially today, all right, <laughs> in this day and age, people aren't comparing you to those people at the corporate job. They're comparing you to other rappers, right? So you have to stand out next to the people that you'll be compared to more than anything. Mm -hmm. right? So always consider that context as well. I mean, you're not going to let more come out naturally, but those are just the immediate things that come into mind. Mm. That's good stuff, man. Yeah. And, and I think that it is really powerful in, to, to take a step back and think about it in those terms. In terms, of, I think a lot of times musicians, like you're saying, they might feel separate. They might feel like they stand out because they're a musician compared to everyone who's not a musician. But yeah. when it comes to musicians themselves, you're, like you're, you're on a stage next to other musicians. And so um, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense, really kind of thinking about what is it that makes me unique when it comes to my voice within this specific domain. Voice is huge, by the way. Voice is huge, not just vocally, right? But point of view, right? Mm -hmm. One thing you'll know, now we're talking about deeper than the visuals and all that stuff, is when you have a point of view that's exercised regularly, fans connect with that. This is how they get deeper with, with you. And you'll see the best branded people from the point of view perspective, one, they tend to last, right? When people are attaching to point of view and people will be able to, say something like them, right? Drake would say it like this, right? Taylor Swift would say it like this because they've already made their point of view clear. Like you could mimic your mom, how she would say something versus your, your dad would say something versus, you know, your relative or your wife or something like that because you are very familiar with their point of view. So people who are able to share a point of view, that's not the only thing that matters, but those artists tend to make pretty strong connections with the fans who do connect. Mm. That is really powerful thing to consider i think is is kind of reflecting on the points of view that you have that might be yeah i don't know if the right words like controversial but like things that are connected to a movement right like controversial i think sometimes controversial is like a good thing if it's used to like create a movement in the right direction right so being right. intentional about kind of reflecting on on those things those movements that are happening right now and you know in having having a space where you can um, share your point of view. There is something about music, especially, right? Where it's like, a lot of times it's like the com communities in general are kind of built around quote unquote misfits who all feel like misfits. But when you come together in this community, it's like, you realize, man, like I thought I was weird because I was into this thing, but man, like all these other people yeah. are into this kind of thing too. Right. So it's kind of, interesting yeah, I call it the, I call it the established anti-establishment. Right. <laughs> Where they begin to form their own rules and in many ways become kind of like the establishment they originally were supposed to be raging against. Because now you see the guy in the, the business suit and you 
expel him right away from the group in the same way you might have felt before. It's a weird phenomenon. Remaining independent is is a very difficult thing, and there's a difference between being, you know, contrary and and, and independent. It's, it's it's a fine line. Yeah, for sure. It's it's definitely interesting because it does seem like a lot of times. I mean, you consider like the in in America, like the political divide. In a lot of ways, there's kind of like these two. Um, conflicting points of view and in some cases like it seems like it's not very constructive at all because it's like we it's so it's difficult to to let down our point of view to like kind of see the other point of view and people become so polarized but also i think there is a case to be made about that a lot of times like that's where like sometimes where that that tension like comes from two different points of view kind of coming together you can kind of like as long as both parties are like willing to kind of be open to hearing the other point of view and understanding like i think there's always truth in two sides of an equation and like there is that kind of a third third thing that kind of like emerges from that tension that gets pulled out so as like an artist being able to think about that yeah i think a lot of like great artists are able to do exactly what you just said just like a lot of great comedians are able to do that it's like find that thin line of truth that everybody has to kind of admit that yeah that's it Mm. that's what we're talking about you know because we know from our regular human experiences people are just harder on public figures but you know you're married and i know from like my (laughs) relationship with my wife it's just like there's times when not only are you arguing but there's times where you you swear you agree, but why are you arguing? You know, <laughs> it's like we know we have these core values and beliefs that are so similar, and that's what, what makes it so weird at scale for like you know a country like America, where it's like there's so much similar, there's so much similar on each side when we look at the core values, but for some reason hmm. you can't let the guard down or whatever, whatever, and in so many ways is you know counterproductive if, if we're talking about the ultimate goal of staying on top whatever that for whatever that's worth but i think that's really something that you have to always um stay attuned to as someone who's trying to work in the public work in the media uh, and, and manipulate media in, in some sense because these are the realities of human behavior and 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 it's only amplified at that scale it's not it's not eliminated by, by all means and I try to, when I do breakdowns of videos and explain certain things to people, I try to say, hey, look, this is the media, right? And this is how you manipulate media, get attention and, and build certain things and, and guide fans to the directions you want them to. But that's not the same necessarily as reality. There are some things that cross over, but the media has its own agendas, right? There's, there's certain in conversations and trends that just work in your favor if you can inject yourself into those conversations or work against those conversations at the time. And it changes from era to era, even year to year. And so you have to be aware of that, right? Because you'll see things that are very prevalent in the media that you never really encounter in your, your, your life, your main life, right? But the agendas are the agendas. And sometimes I feel like it, as an artist, it becomes a this internal like fight right? Because you don't fully want to go along with it. You want to hold steady to whatever your core looks like, or, or you don't want to do, you don't want to do something feeling like you're doing it for an end result versus just not focusing on the music, right? This is this weird caught, uh, place that artists get caught in between. But I think ultimately, if we can be as practical as possible, it's about how do I use the tools that are at hand 
to make as much of a connection as I can with fans. And then once you have that connection, you can shepherd them wherever you wherever you may or guide them or walk with them in whatever direction we uh, you may. But the trouble becomes I'm trying to be over here and like, why aren't y'all looking at me? This is better. But they're over here, man. You got to like come to them. Right. You're the one who wants them to come over to you. Right. You got to go say walk up to her and say hi in the bar. All right. All right, let's take a quick break from the podcast so I can tell you about a free special offer that we're doing right now exclusively for our podcast listeners. So if you get a ton of value from the show, but you want to take your music career to the next level, connect with a community of driven musicians and connect with the music mentors directly that we have on this podcast, or if you just want to know the best way to market your music and grow an audience right now, then this is going to be perfect for you. So right now we're offering a free two-week trial to our music mentor coaching program. And if you sign up in the show notes below, you're going to get access to our entire Music Mentor content vault for free. The vault's organized into four different content pillars. The first being the music, then the artist, the fans, and last but not least, the business. When you sign up, you'll unlock our best in-depth masterclasses from a network of world-class musicians and industry experts on the most cutting-edge strategies right now for growing your music business. On top of that, you'll get access to our weekly live masterminds where our highest level modern musician coaches teach you exactly what they're doing to make an income and an impact with their music. Then once a month, we're gonna have our Music Mentor Spotlight Series. And that's where we're gonna bring on some of the world's biggest and best artist coaches and successful musicians to teach you what's working right now. And one of the most amazing parts is that you can get your questions answered live by these top level music mentors. So a lot of the people that you hear right here on the podcast are there live interacting with you personally. So imagine being able to connect with them directly. On top of all that, you'll get access to our private music mentor community. And this is definitely one of my favorite parts of Music Mentor and, and maybe the most valuable is that you're gonna have this, this community where you can network with other artists and link up, collaborate, ask questions, get support, and discuss everything related to your music career. So if you're curious and you wanna take advantage of the free trial, then go click on the link in the show notes right now and you can sign up for free. Uh, from there, you can check out all of the amazing content, uh, connect with the community, and sign up for the live masterclasses that happen every week. This is a gift for listening to our podcast, supporting the show. Um, so don't miss it out. Go sign up for free now and uh, let's get back to our interview. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really good point. One visual that just came to my mind as you're describing that is sort of like there's this, this river, this big river flowing and like the river is current, like what's trending. It's what people are talking about. It's the conversation. It's the movement that's happening right now. Yeah. And you know, if you want to, you want to maybe build a channel that like, you know, that, that, you know, cuts into that, that river and your own, and you don't, you don't want to do it in a way that you're like not being authentic with yourself. You just yep. want to have your own unique perspective and your voice, but to be able to really like to, to do that in a way that, you know, also takes full advantage of the conversation that's happening right now. And the really like, the flow of exposure and attention that's coming through that, that conversation. Yeah, Exactly. Cool. Yeah, it's definitely, I love talking about stuff like this. It's uh, fun. So, <laughs> so let's, let's talk about some ideas to, let's say that someone's like listening or watching this right now and they want to, like, they're basically ready. They're like, okay, like, great. So I'm, I'm, I'm on board. Like, I want to kind of plug in with, you know, current things that like, and basically I want to, I want to take my own unique perspective and I want to be able to connect with people and to be able to grow, you know, my, my audience, be able to find new, new listeners. You know, what are some tools that they can use right now to basically tap into that, that current that's running? Okay. So we have the obvious things like running ads and being able to target 
um, specific audiences. But then something else to consider is the places that your audience aggregates or congregates is actually where I meant to say. But so if there are any publications online or like Instagram pages or things like that, how can you show yourself on that page, right? As if you're being covered, just like anybody, like a magazine back in the day, right? How can you pop up to that fan base that people already have shown some validation with, right? How can you pop up there, right? How can you find other spaces? I, I know, I think you mentioned we talked, it was something like you, as a, like your band, y'all basically went up to the other band and found your, your audience. Cause like, yeah, Hey man, the tour, tour hacking, like walking right. up in lines for shows. Right. That's exactly what it is. And yeah. it's, you can find that digitally multiple places in the physical world, but like, where are people that like you? And then there's other people who are putting that effort in for you. And when you have minimal resources, right? Just go with where they already did the work and figure out ways that you can work yourself in, uh, into the conversation or provide value, whatever that looks like for your audience. And sometimes that means adjacent audiences. It's not the music directly and they're covering R&B or alt pop or, or rock music, but they're covering something that your fan base just might be interested in, right? Um, like, you know, maybe your audience is really into like specific hair products or makeup, right? And then bam, slide, slide on in there, right? Because that's what's happening at all times, whether it's from movies, commercials, we see these placements happen, but I don't think many artists think beyond the um, the traditional placements that you get paid for, the sing licensing, that's that whole thing. But it's happening. Every YouTuber, every like Instagrammer or influencer and just regular people, right? When they're posting, it's a miniature version of that. And you can make that happen at scale if you do it enough times it just depends on you know the amount of energy you have to to do so because some of these tactics take more energy some of them just take more money less energy uh, which is a whole nother discussion awesome yeah dude I, th I think for sure like the the principle that doesn't really change that's like the foundation of of marketing is like you know, find out where do your people hang out where do they where do they come together where do they congregate and like you mentioned like you know as a musician, hmm, oh yeah, they're probably like big fans of other artists that are similar to you. They're going out to their shows, they're you know, yep. following them online, they're engaging with them. So I think that's that's definitely a great way to kind of like tap into the channel that's already going to work through that momentum rather than trying to convince someone who has never purchased you know, a piece of fan merchandise in their life to buy your stuff. You, know, you go and you start building a relationship with the people who spend thousands of dollars already on that kind of stuff, then it's yes. like Newton's laws of physics, right? Like an object in motion tends to remain in, in motion. So one thing, speaking of, you know, kind of you know, hitting on current trends or ways or things that are happening, yeah, obviously there's been a huge amount of energy and conversation and things happening around TikTok as a platform. Uh, so mm -hmm. I'd love to hear your thoughts on TikTok in general for musicians. Do you think that it's like in terms of priorities, like in terms of other platforms they could be on, what are your thoughts on TikTok? Should everyone be there? And um, if so, you know, how, how should they get started? I think there's no platform that everybody should be on. However, I highly encourage people to get on TikTok and figure it out for themselves if they can. You just have to be patient, all right? Don't look for that quick fix. I, we all know that, that's, that that can be an issue, but Look, if you can make TikTok work for you, if you can stay steady, there's you. The results are 
it's exponentially greater than, than any other platform right now. The amount of time to how fast you can truly blow up, it can, out of nowhere, like we've had artists where over 10 months, they have 30,000 followers, which is a lot, granted, like generally speaking. But then over the next eight weeks after that 10 months, over a million followers, right? Then we've had artists get on in a week, two weeks, and they're off to the races to a million followers. It, And then we have artists that are hanging around 300,000 or 20,000, but still they're getting value and in, in we, we have ways where you're directly driving your streams using it, right? So you don't even have to be popular. You don't have to have a trending song to, to take advantage of TikTok. Let's just, let's just go with the statistics, right? So Music Business Worldwide reported that 75% of TikTok users said that they've discovered music, new music on TikTok, right? At the same time, in the same report, they noted that TikTok has double the user base of Spotify. So that means if you take 50% of TikTok, uh, Spotify's audience and then add that, that's how many more people are discovering music on TikTok than Spotify. There's more people discovering music on TikTok than Spotify, right? There's more people discovering music on TikTok than Spotify. It's just a reality because of the, the you know, size of the platform at this point. And the beauty is people are actually accepting music. They're looking for music, right? New music. I've over a year and a half ago, people like call me crazy, said I was capping and all these random things. But I said that this was going to happen because I'd already saw the post pulse and I saw so many kids uh, even tweeting, oh, my favorite music is TikTok music, or I go to TikTok to look for new music. And the fact that artists have fought so long right, to figure out how do I put my music in this thing without seeming, seeming like I'm advertising, right? And, and I'm pushy. And now we have a platform that people are expecting the music. They're looking for the music. Now it's just more about, is it good or not? All right. Which cool. You know, you you're looking for merit, but you've gotten over the barrier of the, the having to ask or having to seem like you're not being a salesman or something like that. So the, the platform is just an environment that's, I feel like it's really just getting started. It's, it's maturing still. Um, people don't think you, people think you have to have very pop driven, like commercial, uh, common denominator music on TikTok to benefit from it. But you don't, this is no different than any era, era, right? Any period of time. There's always been the part that gets the most shine, right? But then there's always people benefiting on the long tail as well. And you can be one of those people who, Right. If you don't make pop music, you shouldn't expect that type of success, right? The peak of pop success. But does it not look good if you can, with one post, drive 100,000 Spotify followers to your, your music and you're a genre that can't even be named. I can't even like describe your genre. I've seen it multiple times. Not, not even people I've worked with, right? And I've seen it from people that I've worked with. It's a platform that is is just worth figuring out. And if anything, worth paying attention to for this one reason. We have a generation of kids that are coming up learning to communicate in that style and appreciate that style of marketing. That's only going to continue to 
you know, embed itself in other platforms as they try to keep up with TikTok or stave off competition. You've seen it with Reels, you see it with YouTube Shorts, right? And if anything, you just want to be able to commu communicate in the language, right? That's it, right? Just to be able to communicate in the language. You might not go viral, right? But to have that skill is valuable in itself. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. It's definitely a really helpful perspective to to understand TikTok at a high level and kind of you know the purpose of it. And I, and I really like what you said too, just to, even about the core benefit of like really learning how to communicate um, with people with this new generation that this is their, I, I think that one ob objection for, for me personally has just been around. I mean, I, I, I personally don't use a lot of social media as a consumer just because mm -hmm. I like my relationship with social media when I was using it just wasn't very healthy I or it just didn't add a lot to, to my life. So I just like, you know, kind of like cut yeah. it out. But ironically, like I still use the heck out of social media, like ads, especially to like to drive traffic and to build a business. So I do think that what you're talking about with like really learning how to use these tools in a way that, you know, for all of us will have like a different relationship with it. And you have to just kind of be aware of yourself and how, how you're showing up. But I think that there's a lot of examples of people who it's a very health, like they have a healthy relationship with it and, and use it as an effective tool. Let's say that people are listening or watching this. They're like, "Okay, cool. Like, I'm sold. Um, TikTok. It's finally time for me. Like, I want to jump in. And I want to get things things rolling. I want to learn this platform. What are some general tips? Like, how do they get started on TikTok? And what kinds of posts do you think that musicians um, who are just starting out on TikTok should definitely like consider making? Or what would be like the the high level game plan for them to be able to succeed on TikTok? Okay. Well, to start here, to your point about social media and your personal use. You actually do not have to be on TikTok to benefit from TikTok. There's been multiple artists who only found out about TikTok, right? Or <laughs> by finding out their song is taking off where there's a lot of people posting to it. We've had artists like last year, we had a song that did about 5 million streams on Spotify alone, and the artist was not on TikTok yet, all right? It was just about how to embed it into the culture of TikTok. Mm -hmm. So if you want to go that route, is completely possible. However, that means you're leveraging other people and that can be more expensive than just posting yourself, right? That's just a reality of it. Now, when it comes to posting yourself, just the simplest way in, the simplest way in is sharing your lyrics on the screen as you perform it, right? You can add all these other cultural connotations to your music and things like that where i'm trying to think of an example someone might say when my boyfriend does x and then and then they'll pop up like multiple bubbles of what the options are and the song somehow relates to that theme right, there's things like that you can do but really just straightforward literally your lyrics if your lyrics actually cut through and they connect right and they're well written when you perform them or just play that play it and you show the lyrics we've seen instant instant connections from those where people who connect uh, who like that they they're like yo in the comments can you do more of this or these are dope i i relate to this i'm i'm at work crying we've seen that multiple times on one particular girl but it's literally the benefit one when people will see your lyrics visually now there's a less of that effect of trying to understand and interpret the mind has to do a little bit less and so with that clarity comes that alone and then two if your lyrics are good, which I'm just gonna leave that out to the marketplace and the right audience, if they connect in that way, 
for whatever reason, they just they just tend to move differently on TikTok uh, more than any other audience where people will say, hey, can you do more? Or people will go to your other platforms and follow you or stream you um, quickly. Or, hey, can you make this a full song? And you have to say, well, it is a full song. Why didn't you just go search for it, right? But um, literally posting. So whatever your song is, put the lyrics on the screen and um, play that. Another layer that you can add to that is experimenting that same song, but with different you know, things that you're doing in the video, whether it's background or one minute you're dribbling a basketball like one of our clients did, or not, another minute you're like laying in the bed next to your, your girlfriend or something. And it goes with the song thematically. And you have that variety of posts. One, you're essentially testing the song in different environments and, and pieces of content, giving it more of a chance to go. But two, for some people, that's become starting to become omnipresent because they've now seen these multiple posts. But it's important that those posts are different, right? So it's not like consuming the exact same content, right? It's a lot of times the spamming ideology comes more from repetitive action that's lacking in creativity versus, yo, if you present it in 15 different ways, I'm all for it because you're still entertaining me. It's just a lack of entertainment value that makes it feel like spam. So that's, I hope that was clear as far as the platform. And we can talk deeper or find some other, you know, tactics to get into with TikTok. But that's my first thoughts for anybody who hasn't been on a platform seriously already. Cool. Yeah, man, that's that's great. Definitely helpful to to get a head start on that. And and for like one thing that would probably be helpful too is just being able to actually go to the platform and maybe check out a few good examples of artists that you think are doing it really well on TikTok. Do you have anyone yep. that like kind of comes to mind that you're like, oh yeah, like you're gonna start somewhere, like maybe follow like these three artists on TikTok and kind of emulate or see see what they're doing and see if you can do something on your own that's sort of relevant to that. So Biddle, that's B I D D L, the number three. So a three instead of an E, Biddle. And then there's Nick D, that's N-I-C, the letter D. And who's somebody else? Man, I can't remember her name, but I see her face in my, in my head. So let's stick with those two right now. Let's stick cool. with those. Two. If I remember right too, I think that someone was talking about like Lil Nas did did something. Lil Nas always, is, is always doing something. I, I don't know about him as far as TikTok in particular. I wouldn't say follow him. He... Yeah, he doesn't have necessarily the best TikTok for the sake of what TikTok is at this point. He's very good at manipulating the conversation and culture. But it's but at this point, a large part of it is due to a platform that someone starting off wouldn't quite have access mm. to. Cool. That's that's definitely helpful. All right, man. Well, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, TikTok is like is certainly like a huge part of the conversation that's happening right now, and and I keep hearing about it over and over and over again. And definitely, it seems like I mean, especially now that they've opened up their their advertising platform. I know that they actually like opened it up publicly, and I think that mm -hmm. is, in some ways it's probably kind of like the Wild West, where there's a pretty big opportunity to be able to leverage that if you're smart with you know using paid traffic and building funnels and things. So it might be something to might be something that we need to start. Um, looking into more. Yeah, it's it's new in the in the realest sense. So they are they're trying to copy Facebook straight up, right? The ads manager feels like that and everything, but they I can't remember what the last thing I was talking to a, a lady about one of the reps is she like they didn't even have 
like city targeting, like some basic things that Facebook has, right? Yeah. They're still literally developing. And as, as you guys know, or may not know, like when you have AI driven platforms, it just takes more and more people to make it better, right? So it's still not even a huge re- adoption rate where it's deadly accurate, but you can have some big wins just like anything else, right? It's high risk, high reward, but you know, <laughs> it could be a big flop. And most most campaigns still at this point are a little bit more on the, the questionable side, but I've seen them get closer and closer when it comes to artist music, start to be like more respectable and even some people beating Facebook results. So maybe, maybe eight months from now, it might be something to consider as a serious, like, I don't know about contender, but at least like a serious part of your your marketing stack, depending on who your audience is and what the full activation looks like. Cool. That's def- definitely interesting. And yeah, I guess that they're, they're, they would have a lot of catching up to do in the sense that like f- Facebook Pixel, not just on like Facebook, but like Facebook's Pixel has been across like websites on like most you know business businesses that leverage facebook ads will have like the pixel on their website and so they're able to like kind of capitalize on this this uh traffic too and the behavioral recognition based on those websites not just facebook but i know tiktok like they have a pixel now and like they're they're trying to do something kind of similar but definitely definitely interesting cool man well hey i super appreciate you hopping on here first i mean it was great we got kind of a we got both to discuss and kind of zoom out and look at like the forest at a zoomed out level. And then we really kind of dove into the trees. We got to actually like, yeah. you know, navigate within talking about TikTok and whatnot. So really appreciate you um, coming on here to, to share some of the, the lessons that you've learned. And for anyone that's you know, watching this right now that wants to learn more or connect with you, what would be the best place for them to, to go to learn more? Learn more brandmannetwork.com and connect with me, brandmanshawn on Instagram. Cool. Awesome, man. So we'll throw those links in the description and I would definitely recommend uh, anyone if, especially if you know, any of the topics that we talked about today were interesting to you around like branding or around like TikTok and, and moving forward with that, uh, definitely check, check it out. And yeah, man, appreciate, appreciate you taking the time to be here and I hope you have a great weekend. No problem. Same to you, man. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then that'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That that really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.